Are you ready to fill your soul with the sustenance it needs? Look no further. Bishop Joshua Fonseca's Soul Food Podcast. You can listen anytime to these engaging messages of faith. From testimonies and real life stories to musical entertainment, is here to satisfy your spiritual hunger. Tune in today for a journey of hope, strength, and truth, and be uplifted with each episode wherever you are. Don't let your soul go hungry. It's time for some soul food. Someone told you that you wouldn't make it. Someone told you that you weren't capable. Someone told you that what you wanted wasn't for you. They will be proven wrong. There is a way out for you. And the last word belongs to the Lord. Well, dear friends, may the Lord Jesus Christ bless you wherever you are. I'm here today to share with you what God has placed in my heart. Many people, they have matters, issues to solve, and they don't take actions. They just say, I place in God's hand. How can you place something in God's hand if God himself has placed in your hands? I remember when Moses had in front of him the Red Sea, behind the Egyptians, coming after him, after the children of Israel. And then he had a staff in his hand and he was praying. God said to him, Moses, why are you praying? What do you have in your hands? Tell these people to march. My friend, do not say to me or to yourself that you have placed in God's hands. God has placed in your hands the staff, the rod, the faith for you to take actions. Maybe you are in suffering, not even because of the devil. You are in trouble. You have a lot of problems, not even because of Satan, but because you are always saying, I leave it in God's hands. No, there are some things that only God can do. It's for God to act on our behalf. But there are other things that we, ourselves, we have to do it. It's for us. We have to take actions. Maybe someone spoke bad about you in your working place. Someone has bad mouthed you and you are praying, God, show the truth, reveal the truth. But you yourself, you have all the proofs that the person is lying. You have to go to the manager. You have to go to the boss. And you have to say, this is what is happening. If they will believe in you or not, it's something else. But you have done your part. I know you already prayed. You have already placed in God's hands. But now God has placed in your hands for you to go there and make a decision. Perhaps this is just a phone call that you have to call someone and deal with the matter. Maybe you, you, you made an application and you are waiting for an answer, waiting and waiting, and the answer never comes. And you are there, pray and pray, even going to church. And you say to yourself, I have placed it in God's hands. No, no, no. God has placed in your hands. Do not keep waiting. Go there and say, hey, do I have an answer? 
because you promised after the interview to call me. I have not received anything. A lady was telling me in the church, she made an application for her papers, the immigration. She wants a visa. And she was waiting and waiting and waiting. One day she decided to go there to find out. They said, for almost two months, I sent to you the approval letter. We thought you did not want the visa anymore. Then she said, I did not receive this letter. What happened? She did not receive the letter and she was praying and praying and praying and waiting and waiting and waiting and putting in God's hands. Do not put in God's hands, my friend. He has placed in your hands. What you have to do, do not expect God to do for you. Let us take action. Let us move forward even today. All right? From time to time, we have here this message on this channel. However, remember, actions speaks louder. Action speaks louder than a lot of words. May God bless you. Stay blessed. In Jesus' name. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back here on Soul Food. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up Am I more than just the sum of every Continue to listen to Soul Food. We have a story coming up next to share with you. What's one thing you wish you never heard? I kind of wish I never heard what people think about me because it really changes my perspective on myself and it kind of drags my confidence down. A lot of people talk about like my weight or like how I look and honestly like I feel like if people kept their opinions to themselves like that would be a lot more helpful but people are just opinionative I guess. When I was five years old my mom told me I was going to die 
and I remember being very shocked and I really got upset because it was the first time that I realized I was going to die. When my doctor told me I had stage two lung cancer, <laughs> that would probably be one of the big ones. Yeah. This was in October of last year. I'm in college, so I went to my local wellness center. <laughs> Uh, when I started coughing up blood actually, and then they referred me to a doctor who then diagnosed me. And I remember walking in, and it was kind of your classic like doctor on one side, you sit on the other side, and he looks all somber, and he's like, you have cancer. And then you're like, <laughs> um, and so uh, I kind of went into shock. Um, I had taken public transportation to the doctor, so I took public transportation back and I was just like in my seat just zoning out. And then I remember getting back, calling my boyfriend at the time, telling him the news and just sitting there in silence. And then after that call ended, I just like burst into tears. <laughs> I was like, well, what do I do now? Like, I had so many plans. And like, now I don't know if I'll even be here to do them. I remember going back into my dorm and having to tell my sweet mates and having to comfort them. <laughs> and then going back into my own room and just trying to decide how to reprioritize my life. I think that was the hardest part. My dad had non-small cell lung cancer. Um, and I had small cell lung cancer. So we thought maybe it might be genetics, but it wasn't connected. I don't smoke, I'm a <laughs> very young, so we still don't know. My family encouraged me to drop out of school, which I refused to do, because <laughs> uh, it's really important to me that I graduate in four years. So I stayed in school, and then I think it was like four or five months later, beat cancer, technically. Finished my semester, didn't fail any classes, <laughs> which is good. And I've been in remission ever since, so. Hopefully I never have to hear that again. <laughs> that was around my birthday too, actually. My 20th birthday, it was like um, a week before. <laughs> I was like, this is the best birthday present I've ever gotten. Mm -hmm. Like just being able to go back and tell people mm -hmm. that they didn't have to worry about me anymore, mm -hmm. at least for now. Um, that was incredible. It was freedom. It was a lot of freedom to not be scared <laughs> to pursue what I wanted to do. My childhood best friend um, passed away of cancer when he was just 21 or 22. And uh, for a very long time, was very passionate about uh, being an airline pilot. And he was like probably one of the most, was kind of a prodigy, so he, he, he like, was able to go through like flight school really quickly and he was known as the baby pilot because he was he was able to become an airline pilot so young and he had such a baby face that people could not believe that he was already a uh, airline pilot but then at, very soon after that he was not even diagnosed he just was walking i think in in dubai or abu dhabi on a on a flight trip and uh, he just collapsed on the floor and it turned out that he had like 
a cancer grew in his back and, uh, and it was just terminal. Actually, it has changed a little bit the way I choose my career. Now I work in, the last two companies I've worked in was all related with cancer. It made me realize that cancer is a very common thing, that maybe one of three people in your life will probably suffer in their lifetime. And so I work on the early cancer detection. There have been so many, many improvements that within our generation, I think it could be a disease that I think we could eradicate if we put the right people and the right money towards it. going to be and if you'll notice I'm not asking what are you going to do but who are you going to be I'm asking you about how you plan to live your life every day how are you going to respond when you don't get that job you had your heart set on for all of you who are going to be teachers what are you going to do if the students in your class next year just don't respond to your lessons for all of you going into business, how will you react when your boss gives you a goal that feels way too high? See, these are the moments that define us. Not the day you get the promotion, not the day you win Teacher of the Year, but the times that force you to claw and scratch and fight just to get through the day. The moments when you get knocked down and you're wondering whether it's even worth it to get back up. See, those are the times when you've got to ask yourself, who am I going to be? And I want to be clear, this isn't just some vague platitude about building character. In recent years, we've actually been seeing a growing body of research that shows that skills like resilience and conscientiousness can be just as important to your success as your test scores or even your IQ. For instance, West Point cadets who scored high on things like grit and determination were more likely to complete basic training than those who ranked high on things like class rank, SAT scores, and physical fitness. So what we're seeing is that if you're willing to dig deep, if you're willing to pick yourself up when you fall, if you're willing to work and work until your weaknesses become your strengths, then you'll develop a set of skills that you can mold and apply to any situation you encounter, any job you might have any crisis you might confront, but you gotta make that choice. And let me just share just a little secret before I end. As someone who has hired and managed hundreds of young people over the course of my career, whether it was during my time as a lawyer, as an administrator, as a university, a nonprofit manager, even now as first lady, I have never once asked someone I was interviewing to explain a test score or a grade in a class, never. I have never once made a hire just because someone went to an Ivy League school instead of a state school, never. What I have looked for is what kind of person you are. Are you a hard worker? Are you reliable? Are you open to other viewpoints? Have you stepped outside of your own self-interest to serve others? Have you found a way to serve our country, whether in uniform or in your community? Again and again, I have seen that those are the qualities that I want on my team because those are the qualities that move our businesses and schools and our entire country forward. And, and, and just understand this. Those are the qualities that you all already embody. They're the values you learned from your parents, from the communities you grew up in. And today, more than ever before, that's what the world needs.
Thank you for listening to Soul Food Podcast. Make sure to keep your notifications on to tune in to the next episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave a comment below or send us a message through text at 1-888-312-4141. Don't forget to share with your family so they can feed their soul too. God is with you. In you I find my worth, in you I find my identity Oh, oh you say I'm love when I can't feel a thing You say I'm strong when I think I'm weak And you say I'm hell when I am Now